Welcome to Houseplant Homebody. I'm your host, Holly, and I'm here to tell you all about my favorite thing, plants. Are you ready? Did you know there's even more than just this podcast? Go check out my website, houseplant-homebody.com for even more and follow me on Instagram, Facebook, or Pinterest at Houseplant Homebody LLC. And as I'm sure you already know, each podcast episode has a corresponding blog post on my website, so make sure you check that out. And do not forget to rate, review this podcast, and make sure you're commenting, liking, sharing, and subscribing so more plant people just like you can find my podcast and social media. You can even help support your favorite podcast, blog, and social media by joining me on my Become a Supporter website page to get exclusive podcast episodes, access to a supporter-only Facebook group, early access to podcasts, and exclusive content. And if you really just can't get enough, I send out a bi-monthly newsletter on the first of every other month, also with exclusive content and some updates on what's happened the previous couple months. All right, let's get into it. All right, so we are diving into aglaonema today, which is commonly called Chinese evergreen. These are some of the really cool looking houseplants out there, and they're pretty common to find at almost any garden center or plant shop as well. So you should be able to pick some, one up somewhere and find what you need there. So in my opinion, I have had issues with them, but I honestly think it's just because I wasn't giving them enough light and enough water. So I do have one now and it's doing great. So we're going to dive into it a little bit more and I'm going to kind of explain what was going on with mine. So we're going to just jump right in to the sun requirements. I'd also like to note the botanical name is aglaonema. The Chinese evergreen is the common name and there's really not a big industry difference in common names or anything, there are a lot of varieties out there, but more than likely, you're only either going to see aglaonema, but more commonly going to see Chinese evergreen. So, sun requirements. There are the original OG green cultivars of aglaonema can thrive in low light, but they also like medium light. The cultivars that have been formed since then, and there are a lot tend to have brighter colors, a lot more patterns, some pink, red, or white in them. Those need at least medium light and can still do well in bright indirect light as well, but they don't necessarily need it. Medium light is good in an east or west window is a perfect place for them. I do know you do not want to put these in direct sunlight because they will burn or the color will fade. That's another sign of too much sunlight. So just avoid direct sunlight whenever possible with these and keep them in the shade if you're moving them outdoors. Don't leave them in the sunlight at all because they will burn. So pretty simple. Low light, they do well. Medium light, they do well. Bright indirect light, not necessary, but still a good place for them. I know a lot of people look for low light houseplants and honestly, this is a really good option as well. Okay, jumping right into water requirements. And this is where I think I got a little tripped up. Honestly, the sun requirements as well. I originally, when I first started with houseplants, I put this in a bathroom with no windows. I basically killed it probably by doing that. <laughs> and so for the water requirements, I think I similarly did the same. I let it completely dry out, kind of forgot about it and just left it. So for these, you want to keep the soil fairly moist overall. So I wouldn't recommend completely letting them dry out in between waterings like you can for some houseplants that can cause leaves to brown or even yellow. And me, myself, I like to just cut those off so the energy isn't focused on that leaf. And it, of course, looks bad, so I want to cut it off. But in my case, those leaves tend to drop. And that has been my 
honestly most common problem with egglenema is it seems like a leaf here or there will turn brown or yellow and I'll just cut it off after a while, but I'm still getting new leaves pretty consistently as well. So honestly, I think it's just a lack of moisture issue for me with egglenema at this point because I do have them in medium light, low to medium light at the moment, and I have more of a green cultivar right now that has just like a little bit of white, um, but not enough to want to put it in a south window or something like that. So moral of the story here, water requirements, keep it at a medium moisture. A lot of the resources I was looking at said when the first inch or two of the soil is dry, water it, which is a good recommendation. You can just stick your finger in and feel it. Otherwise, a moisture meter reader will also help you figure that out as well. And when it's in that medium, maybe like low to medium area, then water it. The other water issue would be humidity. And in that case, this is a full-blown spectrum of what they can, can't handle, thrive in, don't thrive in. So, egglenema can do well in low to medium humidity, and mine kind of always have lived in low to medium humidity. I do miss them once in a while at this point, but that's about it. Now, a higher humidity or at least a medium humidity is appreciated with these guys because that will also prevent the browning edges on these leaves as well. So if you have the means to give them humidity, do it. If you don't, it's not going to kill it. I would make sure that you have more of the water requirements met than the humidity requirements. And I wouldn't even call the humidity a requirement. It's just like a suggestion, a helpful suggestion. <laughs> All right, now we're going to jump into fertilizer and propagation. Okay, so fertilizer, pretty standard. As I always say, there are lots of options out there. I currently use Fox Farm Grow Big Liquid Fertilizer, and I fertilize, currently I fertilize about every two weeks with the plants, and I use about three-fourths to the full recommendation of the fertilizer after I did a reel about whether or not I was using the half to three-fourths I thought I was. I found out I was probably using about three-fourths to the full recommendation of the fertilizer, but that's okay. It's a concentrate, so it's pretty diluted when I do use it. So, Practical Houseplant Book recommends that you apply a quarter-strength balanced liquid fertilizer every other month from spring to fall. So, these don't need as much fertilizer as some other houseplants out there, at least from what I've seen from a couple sources. I still fertilize every two weeks and I have not seen an issue with it at all. I think the issue, like I said, is more of a moisture thing for me, but just keep that in mind. These don't need as much fertilizer as some houseplants do. Um, but there are several products out there. You could get a slow release fertilizer or a liquid fertilizer as well. Totally up to you. Water soluble, whatever you want to do. It is all out there for you to use. I've used several brands before. I just have used Fox Farm a lot and that's why I chose them, but you don't need to use them. I recommend them, but you can use whatever your heart's content with. So pretty basic on fertilizer. It just seems like you can fertilize less with these guys. Okay, so for propagation, there are actually a couple different ways. I know, right? I feel like all of my tips for propagation lately have been pretty boring. It's like, oh, divide it. You can do stem cutting, whatever. But this is a little, a little bit more unique because you can do it in two different ways. And there are kind of recommendations on how to do both of them. So you can propagate by dividing and stem cutting. Now, here's the asterisk on both of these. So listen up. 
In the Houseplant Survival Manual, it recommends only dividing this when it is, quote, becomes quite root-bound. This is probably because it's going to be less stressful when the plant is wanting to get kind of out of a pot and away from itself, sort of. So dividing it is going to be less stressful and probably, I want to say easier, it's probably going to be more difficult to like cut through roots, but like easier for the plant to come through the other side with dividing, if that makes sense. So typically you're probably repotting these depending on the growth you got it in, what it looks like when you first got the plant. Probably every two to three years you're repotting these. So if you wait to that three-year mark and kind of feel the pot or pull the plant out and look at it, and if the big chunky roots are growing on the outside, that would be a good time to divide it if you want to. Now, if your plant is smaller and you're like, I don't even know how to divide this, that's probably the sign not to divide it. You want to make sure it's a little bit bigger so you can get a healthy plant on both sides of it, you know? So that is dividing. The other is stem cutting. So there was a couple things on multiple websites that I found. Multiple websites and the books that I have said you can do stem cuttings, but they recommend using newer growth, younger growth at the tip of the plant because that tends to root a lot better than older growth. Older growth can still work, but younger growth is better. And then also recommends that you get a big enough stem that has multiple leaves on it. I don't know why, but several websites said at least six leaves, so specific. But I would say at least if you have like three or four leaves, you should be good. Now, keep in mind, I've never done this before, but I see no reason why you need six leaves specifically. So as long as you have some growth on there with multiple leaves on the stem you're actually cutting, you should be good. You also can root in water or in soil but as usual in soil rooting you want to make sure the soil is pretty consistently moist and then when usually when you're rooting you want to put it in a little bit more light like a bright indirect light and keep the humidity up will definitely help the cutting as well so that's propagation i know crazy right a little bit spicier than usual with propagation all right we're going to jump into other facts And then that's all I got. It's a short episode today, guys. I didn't have any questions, but in the future, if you have any Instagram questions, I do, well, I call it Instagram Q&A, as you know. But I basically just put a question box multiple times up until the next podcast episode, and you're welcome to place your questions there for the next upcoming podcast episode. If you don't know what the next podcast episode is, I do say it uh, probably a few times within the couple weeks leading up to the new episode and I always say it at the very end of these podcast episodes so if you listen all the way through you will know what's coming up as well and at that point you're welcome to just message me and say hey I know this is coming up here's my question for the episode boom I screenshot it I answer it we're good so let's move on to the other facts all right so this is part of the Araceae family and native to tropical areas in Asia and if you didn't know according to Plantopedia, it does say that these have been grown as luck-bringing ornamental plants in Asia for centuries. Fun fact. So I know I mentioned this in the very beginning, but Aglaonema originally stemmed from all green varieties, and they have been heavily and very fast, very quickly <laughs> cultivated over the years. So these now come in shades of green, white, 
pink and red. The pink and red and some of the whiter varieties are going to be your more popular ones, but your more common varieties are going to be green. The pink has been a lot more common and I have been seeing it multiple places for now. And I have seen the white pretty often. Red is hit or miss depending on where it is. Um, but the green is fairly common. You should be able to find that everywhere else. Now, I don't want to say green is boring. It's not just green. It does have speckles of light green or like even speckles of white or stripes. It's super interesting, literally no matter what shade or color it is. So even if you do get the all green one, usually it's not all the same color green, not like just like a plain green leaf, like a Hartley philodendron just has a plain green leaf. It's not like that at all. Similar to how Diffenbachias look and like their patterns change, these do too. Another little fun fact is they actually can bloom indoors in the right conditions. So usually when you have a slightly increased humidity and you are keeping the moisture up and you are giving a little bit more light to these, it can bloom. The blooms look almost identical to a Diffenbachia bloom. So if you want these to bloom, and that would be a goal for you to get it to bloom. Make sure you've got a little bit medium to bright indirect light, higher humidity, and keeping that soil consistently medium moisture, you'll probably get a bloom on it. The other fact that I just wanted to throw out there is that these plants are very, very low tolerant of cold air. So do not keep these near a drafty window or door. And then if you are someone that moves houseplants outside, obviously you need to keep this plant in the shade because the direct sunlight will just fry it. But you also want to make sure that your temperatures are not dropping below, I'm going to say 60 just to be safe because if they drop below that, then there probably will be cold damage on the plant and you don't want that. So just keep that in mind if you do move your plants outside. Like here in the Midwest, it is literally the end of May and you would think we wouldn't have issues, but it's going to be in the 40s at night this week. So I have to bring some of the houseplants in for this week and then I think Memorial Day weekend will finally be back up into the 80s, but it's just ridiculous. So just keep that in mind if you do move your aglaonema outside. And then my last fact is that these are toxic to pets and humans. So just be careful with these around your cats and dogs. And then I also want to mention that episode 31 does have information about pets and plants and toxic and non-toxic plants if you need more information. But if you have questions, let me know and I can help with that. But guys, that's Aglaonema, Chinese evergreen. Let me know what you think on the post the day this is released. I'd love to hear what you think of this plant, if you have one, what variety you have, because there's so many different cultivars out there. I'll love to learn about new cultivars. And I'll share pictures of mine in my story as well that I've had in the past that I've seen shopping. But if you want more information, also check out the corresponding blog post this podcast episode. It does get released the same day, same time as the podcast episode. So thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to episode 60 of Houseplant Homebody, all about aglaonema. Don't forget to check out the blog post that corresponds with this episode. If you go to houseplant-homebody.com and go to the blog page, you'll find it there. Also, don't forget to find me at Houseplant Homebody LLC on Instagram, Facebook, and Pinterest. Make sure you're rating, reviewing, and sharing this podcast, along with liking, saving, and commenting on social media. Odds are, if you like this podcast, someone else will too. I love to hear what you've learned from this episode or really anything that I'm doing and your plant experiences, so please share them with me because I love it. 
Also, you can help support your favorite podcast by joining me on my Become a Supporter website page to get exclusive podcast episodes, access to a supporter-only Facebook group, early access to podcasts, and exclusive content. Your support means the world to me, and I'm super excited to keep bringing you plant bios and information. Also, don't forget to check back every other Tuesday for the brand new episode and blog post. From one houseplant homebody to another, see you next time. Well, hello. Hope you're doing well. I know this was a very short episode, but it's pretty straightforward. It's a pretty low to medium maintenance houseplant, and there's just not a lot of stipulations with it. I think the propagation was the spiciest thing on it, and you know, it does need medium moisture, but you know, pretty straightforward. So, like I said at the end of the actual episode, please let me know what you think. I know I post every time a podcast episode comes out, there is a post on it. You should be able to see it. And please comment. Let me know what you think of these, what cultivar you have. I really want to hear about it because I would love to see what you guys have. Even if it's like a different cultivar I've never heard of, I want to look it up and find it. (laughs) Or feel free to just message me a picture of it too. That's cool too. I have several people that do that and I love it. So I have a few things that I wanted to go over. Um, the newsletter comes out pretty soon. It's going to be coming out. I usually say the first of every month, but I'm going to do the first weekend of every month. I'm going to switch that just because that way I have good timing to release it and I have enough time to get all the great information to you. So this time around, it will be released June 5th. So Sunday, June 5th, um, by like the middle end of day. So if you aren't signed up for the newsletter, go to my website and sign up for the newsletter. That newsletter will actually cover several months. So let me just check. Since I am getting married, I am going to take some time away from recording. And let's see. Okay. So June, July, August. So it's a bi-monthly newsletter. So normally it would come out August 1st, but since my wedding is literally on August 5th, I'm not going to release the episode or the newsletter then. So I'm going to skip that. So this newsletter that comes out June 5th is going to include June, July, August, and September information. So you're going to be getting summer and fall information all in one newsletter. So this is a really, really, really important newsletter to get if you haven't yet. I also want to note that sometimes the newsletters do go into spam still. So if you're not seeing it and you know you signed up for it, please check your spam and then mark it as safe because it is a safe web address. I also want to mention that because of the wedding, I am going to be skipping a couple podcast episodes. By skipping, I mean not recording while I'm on my honeymoon or around the wedding. So I am releasing the podcast episode on August 2nd, that is right of the wedding. And I know this is so planned out, but I plan everything out too far in advance just so I know what's coming up and I plan out my plants based off of these schedules. So I will be skipping the August 16th and the August 30th episodes. So about a month and you won't get a podcast episode during that time, but I will still be actively posting and in my stories. And since I'm going to Hawaii for my honeymoon, I will be posting some plant pictures. Sorry, that was my dog shaking (laughs) Um, while I'm out there. So you will not miss me for very long, let me tell you. So just wanted to give you the heads up on those for the August 2nd podcast episode. I'm actually doing my favorite 
cut flower slash plant in general, which is called anemone, which I'm using in the um, in my bouquets for the wedding. So that'll be really fun. Just something a little bit different for you. The last fun thing I want to talk about is that this past weekend I went shopping for some annuals and planters and stuff like that for the wedding and just around the house. Um, so if you are not on Instagram, I would definitely get an Instagram and follow me there because that is where I post most of my stuff. And in my stories, I am on Facebook too. But on Instagram, I did make a highlight reel called Update 3. <laughs> and that has all of the updates of what I bought for annuals and kind of the wedding planters that I created. If you want to go check that out, go to Instagram and then go to the Update 3 highlight. And that will have all of that there. But that's all I got for now. Actually, I lied. I forgot to tell you the next episode. <laughs> the next episode is actually going to be Oxalis, which I thought that was a perfect time to talk about it because garden centers are really starting to sell it as annuals, but they are actually wonderful houseplants as well. And mine is doing really well. So I'm excited to talk about it. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye.